Amen. All right. So limitless faith. Uh, we're going to jump back into this. For those of you who've been with us for a while, you'll remember that we did a series uh, called Limitless Life, and we discussed this, this thought uh, or this concept of faith. And we talked about what faith is, and we gave faith some definitions. And so for those of you who weren't here, don't worry, I'm going to catch you up. See, I love you. I got you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to catch you up. And so let's go to what our definitions of faith is. And so first, um, we define faith as trust and personal confidence in God and his power and his word. Okay? Trust and personal confidence in God and his power and his word. We defined it as acting like God is telling the truth. Acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Okay? Acting like he is telling, acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. And lastly, we said that faith is the pipeline to get God's will from the spiritual realm to the natural. It's a pipe, if you will, and, and, and the spiritual realm is here and what God wants to happen is here. And it's the natural realm and what we walk in. And faith is a pipeline that brings that thing to fruition. And so today, uh, my focus for us and my focus for uh, uh, today, but not only this, today, but this entire year, is to get us to a place of limitless faith. Amen. Okay? Now, some of you might be, Pastor, you know, you did a whole two weeks on faith, and here we go again. Uh, I get it. I understand. Uh, Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, 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 so faith, come, faith comes by hearing and what has to be heard is the word of God. So if I'm lacking in faith, I'm lacking in hearing. Uh, so then I need faith. And if I need my faith to increase, then I need to increase my hearing. My hearing of what? My hearing of the word of God. It's real simple. It's not difficult. I promise. Faith is not a push-to-start car. Faith is a lifestyle. Uh, 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 you don't wake up one day and just become in faith. It is a prolonged process of trusting God in uncertain moments and being assured that the outcome will be the will of God regardless. It's trusting him in those moments that you're unsure, that you don't know, that you're not confident, that it doesn't look like what God said. It's trusting him in these moments and being assured in yourself that regardless of the outcome, the outcome will be the will of God. All right. So that's all the recap you get. Now we got to get going. So what is limitless faith and why is limitless faith important? Um, I want to define first what limitless faith is. We defined what faith is. Now I want to define what, what I believe the Lord has given me as limitless faith. All right? Limitless faith is faith that is allowed to consistently operate fully in every area of your life. All right? I'm going to say that again. Limitless faith is faith that is allowed to consistently 
operate fully in every area of your life. All right. For too long, we've placed limits on our faith. We've limited our capacity to operate fully in certain areas of our life. Um, We have faith in our finances, but we don't have faith for our kids. We believe God for our kids, but we don't have faith for healing. Or we believe God for healing, but we don't have faith for our marriage. Um, As a result, we've yet to see a breakthrough in either area, and we've tried to find out why. Why is it? Why, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I see this and I'm praying for my kids and it seems like my kids is, is doing all right, but then I pray for my finances and, and, it, and I feel like, you know, that's not really, and I'm trying to figure out why is there this imbalance? Why am I not really seeing it in either area? And James chapter 1 verse 5 puts it really simply. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, for that person must not suppose that he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Double-minded, unstable in all his ways. See, uh, faith cannot be compartmentalized in your life. So, Pastor, how, how does that, how, how, is, how, how, how am I being double-minded? Well, if you believe him here and you don't believe him here. And he says, if you're being double-minded, let not that man think that he should get anything from the Lord. You either have trust and personal confidence in God and his power and his word, or you don't have trust and personal confidence in God and his power and his word. It's either one or the other. We can't compartmentalize it. And so the thing that I want us to think about this evening and over the next few weeks is, is this, is what place in your life have you put limits on your faith? Where did you stop believing? Where is it that you have stopped fully Trusting. See, the, the thing, the difference between the one when, when I talk about this concept of limitless faith is every area consistently, fully operating in faith. Where in your life have you decided to walk by faith? I mean, walk by self instead of walking by faith. What areas have you become comfortable? What areas have you become Comfortable. See, see, comfortability and routine, uh, it gives us this false sense of safety. So you're doing it over and over. It gives you this, this idea of, of relying on yourself and relying on your efforts and your ability instead of you being relying on God. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, you know, you don't, uh, uh, you're not walking in faith as it pertains to your finances because you're like, I go to work every, every day. 
going to put in these 40 hours, and I know what my check's supposed to look like. So I'm good to go. So when it comes to giving, when it comes to sowing, when it comes to blessing someone else, we're not doing that. Why? Well, I know what my check's supposed to look like. I know what bills I need to take care of. I've got everything mapped down to the zero, so I don't really have room for that. So what are you saying? It means you're not walking by faith because you have relied on yourself and your ability and your effort. That's not faith. It gives us this false sense of security. You're like, I'm safe. I'm secure because I know I'm going to make it to work. I'm going to work these hours. I'm going to come home. I'm going to do it for two weeks. I know what Friday's supposed to look like until you aren't able to go to work. So they call you and say, you know what? We don't need you to come in today or again. And it's like, oh, oh, well, what am I supposed to, and it's funny because your emotions will always expose your faith. Lord, what am I supposed to, how am I going to, how am I, and the Lord is sitting there like, I gave you the job, what you? Self-effort. We should be completely reliant on God. And what happens when we settle in this comfortability and we settle in routine, uh, we, 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 we compromise. So instead of you uh, doing the miraculous or looking to do the miraculous, you would rather stick with the mundane. You would rather do what's comfortable. Uh, uh, but please understand and please know as a believer, God hasn't called us to a life of comfort. God has called us to a life of obedience. Please understand those two are different. They are not the same. Some things that you have been believing God for is waiting for you on the other side of comfort. The things that you have believing, been believing God for is you don't you gotta get un, you gotta get uncomfortable. You have to get uncomfortable because when you're in this daily routine and when you're you're, you're not stretching, faith is a muscle that has to be stretched. It has to be worked. You gotta work that thing out. And when you're comfortable, let me. If you lift in the same weights. Them muscles ain't getting no bigger. That's as plain as I can give it to you. Comfort. Comfort is an enemy of faith. I want to go to Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to start at verse 53. So Jesus is here and he's been... He's been uh, uh, talking to the people. He's been uh, giving some parables. He's, he's talking to his people, and we, we pick it up in verse 53. It says, and when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? 
Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And verse 58, here we go. And he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. The new NIV says because of their lack of faith. The main hindrance to us seeing the miraculous and walking in limitless faith is unbelief. It's unbelief. We have to deal with the unbelief that has, we've allowed to take in root in our hearts. We got to deal with it. Jesus was in Galilee teaching, and he proceeds to, to go to his hometown, but because they thought they knew him, Because they thought they knew his family, they knew his upbringing, Uh, there was this sense of familiarity there, there was this comfortableness that they had concerning Jesus. Oh, I know him. This guy? I see him grow up. I know his brothers, his sisters, his mama. I used to see him at the store all the time. Because of their comfortability with Jesus, verse uh, uh, 58, that it became the seed of their unbelief. And verse 58 says, because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith, Jesus was unable to perform miracles. Unbelief can cause us to miss the miraculous. Unbelief can cause us to miss what God wants to do. God will choose not to do things that he wants to do in us and through us when we don't take seriously what he has to say. This is not a game. This is not just an advice column. This isn't a newspaper. This is how we should live our life. And he said because they didn't take seriously what he said, because they got comfortable, because they got familiar, he was unable to perform miracles. Do not walk in unbelief. Don't let unbelief be the hindrance to God's work in and through your life. Believe his word. Trust his promise. Follow in obedience. Believe his word. Trust his promise. Follow in obedience. But please know that our lack of faith, our unbelief, it doesn't hinder what God is going to do. The Bible says that his word will not return unto him without accomplishing what it set out to do. Here's the thing. It just hinders what God is going to do in and through us. It hinders our part. It hinders what he's going to do through us. When we don't deal with the unbelief that that has been expressed in our life, when we don't uh, 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 deal with that thing in that area, it spreads like a cancer. And it limits and it ultimately stifens all that God wants to do. And it stifens the faith in any area of our life. 
It starts in this one area or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe God uh, for this one thing or is this, this thing I'm not really sure about. So, so I don't have faith in this area and it spreads to every area of our life. God desires for us to be people of limitless faith. He desires that, that, that our faith would, would be allowed to operate fully and completely and consistently in every area of our life. Yeah. Not just one area, not a few areas, but every area of our life. But we have to check unbelief. You got to check it. That thing can't sit there. You can't allow that to be a part of your life because it will hinder you. When we get, un when we get rid of unbelief and we allow that faith to flourish, and we allow faith to have full access to every area of our life, there is nothing that we can't do. There is nothing that God can't do through us because he knows no matter what he tells us, we ready to go. We ready to move. This isn't uh, uh, in my, in my uh, scripture, so you, you won't have this, but we, talk, we, we look at uh, uh, when, when we're in the hallway of faith in Hebrews, we, we look at where, G, where uh, Paul is talking about Moses. And he, and he talks about how, he, he says, you know, in Exodus, he talks about how Moses was a man of faith and how, how Moses walked with God. And he says, uh, excuse me, not Moses, Noah. Noah was a man of faith and Noah walked with God. And then Jesus says, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm about to get rid of everybody. They got to go. The sin has, has, has run rampant and, and it's getting bad. So, so I need you. I'm about to flood the earth. And I need you to build an ark. So I'm imagining Noah right there like, hold on, Jesus. First of all, uh, what's a flood? And what's an ark? Let's take a couple steps back. Because he had never seen this before. He is at least a thousand miles away from the ocean. And at this point in time, uh, the, 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 the seeds and the, and the grass and the plants, they were watered from under. So, so rain wasn't a thing. And, and he's like, uh, what's, what, you, what you talking about, God? What you, what you talking about? But that wasn't his response. His response was, Okay, flood, okay, ark. His next response was, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He wasn't walking around. He didn't try to negotiate with God. He didn't have the 21 questions for God. He didn't have any of that. He heard what God said. He believed that it was true, and he walked in obedience. As a result of his obedience, hey, look at all of us here today. I'm glad he did. But it was a result of him not, not walking in unbelief. He just did it. And here's another thing. And this is where some of us, you know, uh, this is where some of us, you know, we kind of, we got to work on this. Amen. It took a thousand years that, a hundred years or a thousand years? A hundred years. One hundred years, hallelujah, from the time of what God told him till it actually happened. Whew, that's some patience, boy. 
Can you imagine what they were saying to him? Can you imagine how they could, what they said and how they talked about him and how they dogged him and how they called him crazy, how they called him insane, how they, how they said that he didn't know what he was talking about and how God didn't say that and you didn't hear from God and that ain't real and this. Ain't. Come on. He said, no, 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 no. I know what I heard. I know what he told me. So what I'm going to do is I'm, regardless of how much time it takes, I'm going to believe the word, I'm going to receive it, and I'm going to walk in obedience. Here's the thing about walking in faith when people say that you're crazy. Hey, hey, when it happened though, when it happened though, oh, y'all thought I was crazy, huh? I can imagine as the door is closing and it begins to start raining and the animals are all inside and they out there like, bro, come on, let me in. Come no, I'm crazy, remember? Remember? I don't know what I'm talking about, remember? Now, I'm sure he didn't do that because he was full of Jesus, but had it been me. No, it's too late now. But here's the thing about walking in faith and having this level of belief that we say, God, I don't care what it is you tell me to do. If you tell me to build an ark, if you tell me to quit my job, if you tell me to go minister to somebody, if you tell me to go do whatever it is you ask me to do, if you ask me to give my last dime, if you ask me to give everything I have because I trust you in every area of my life at all times because I have this faith, I'm going to walk in obedience and as a result, of you, me walking in obedience, I will see my faith fulfilled. That is where we have to be. That is where we have to be. Limitless faith. If I believe you over here, then I'm going to believe you over here. If I believe you for my finances, then I'm going to believe you for my family. If I believe you for my marriage, then I'm going to believe you for my kids. Every area operating fully. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, and I'm going to start at verse, verse 5. So, so in chapter 17, Jesus is, is, is teaching and he's talking about these, these temptations to sin. And... Um, um, we don't have, I'm going to pick up in verse, verse 3, and then Nevaeh, you can start at 5. But verse 3 says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The disciples had enough faith to lay hands on people, and they would recover. They had enough faith to cast out demons, and the demons would respond, and they would leave. 
We know because we've read it in the scripture. But he said, oh, if somebody offends you seven times in the same day, and then they come back and apologize seven times in the same day, you need to forgive them every time. And it was like, hold on, Joe, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lord, increase my faith. Because I believe I can lay hands on demons. I believe I can cast it out. But this right here, I don't know about. This right here, I'm not, I'm not too sure about Jesus. You're going to have to increase my faith. Because they thought that it was a faith issue. Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's not the measure of your faith. Because if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could talk to this mulberry tree and it would be uprooted and go and plant it in the seed. He said, what you've done is you've compartmentalized your faith. And you have faith for that. And you have faith for this. It, you, you need faith to move in every area of your life. This is how faith has to be applied to every area of your life. They didn't need more faith. They needed to give faith full access in every area of their life. And what Jesus said is when you do that, nothing will be impossible. He said nothing will be impossible. What area is it that you've lost faith in? What has unbelief tried to rob you of? that you need to start believing in faith for again. Maybe God gave you a promise and it's it's been some time and you you don't really know if that promise still exists and you you kinda let that promise go and you stop praying like like you were before and you stop pursuing God like you were before because a little time had passed and and maybe God told you something and you know that you heard from God. And you just put it by the wayside or or maybe you 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 seen yourself in the scriptures, you see yourself in the disciples and you believe God here but there's here that that you haven't been believing God for. What area is it? that you need to get rid of unbelief. As we walk, and as we're walking in the beginning of this year, and as we continue to move throughout this year, it is imperative that we evaluate our faith. We have to make a concise decision that unbelief has no place in our life. And that this year, and every year moving forward, will be a year of limitless faith for us, for our family, for our church, and for this city. What area is it? What area is it? Say, Pastor Keenan, I I hear you. What what does it look like uh, uh, for us to begin walking in this this limitless faith? What what does that look like? Well, for me, I want to make sure That Woodland, California, that Limitless Church is not Nazareth. I don't want us to be at a place where we are walking in that and God decides that he can't do many mighty works here. I am in expectation of the many mighty works that he wants to do in and through us. But we got to walk that out. We have to be ready to receive. 
But what does it look like? First, it looks like identifying the areas of unbelief in your life. Take a true self-evaluation. Be real. with If you don't want to be real with me, if you don't want to be real with your spouse, your family, be real with yourself and identify the areas of unbelief in your life. I've stopped believing God that my marriage will be better. I've stopped believing God that my family will be reunited. I've stopped believing God that this person will come to know Jesus. I've stopped believing God for my healing. I've stopped believing God for my job, for my fight. Would identify these areas. Secondly, get seeds to plant that speak to your faith. Get seeds to plant that speak to your faith. This book, this is the word of God. These are seeds. Everything in here. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get those seeds. Search the, you got Google, Google will be your friend. Search what God has to say about where you have believed in God for. Get seeds that speak to your faith. Get those seeds and begin to plant those seeds in your heart. Because you've planted doubt and unbelief for long enough. And you ain't got no problem planting that. Get some seeds that speak to your faith and begin uprooting doubt and unbelief and begin planting the word of God. Get seeds to plant that speaks to your faith. And uh, lastly, when doubt and unbelief rises, only speak the word. Doubt will come. Unbelief will come. Doubt, unbelief, two different things. Doubt is questioning. Okay? Doubt is, is, you know, I believe you. I got this guy for you. You say you don't believe me? No, I'm just, you know, I, I got some doubts. That's doubt. That's questioning. Unbelief is a complete lack of trust. The harvest of doubting is unbelief. Okay? So when doubt, because God can handle your doubts, he can answer all the questions. That's not a problem. But when it turns to unbelief, that is a problem. But when doubt and unbelief rises, only speak the word of God. Oh, you ain't going to be able to do that. No, 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 no. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What, what you mean? You, you think you're think you going to be better? Oh, yeah, because the Bible says by the stripes he bore on Calvary, I, I have access to healing. You ain't going to be nothing. No, the Bible says, uh, God says, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not evil and plans of a better than expected end. What, what, is, what does that mean? It means you need to start speaking when doubt and unbelief. Why? Because the enemy is trying to rob you of your faith. He's trying to rob you of that thing that will cause God's will to be fully accessed in every area of your life. So he is speaking a word. You need to speak the word. I, I, I counsel teenagers, and, and a lot of times kids will tell me, hey, you know, Pastor Keenan, I'm struggling with, with depression. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And I say, what have you been focused on? Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. 
and I know that you, you're feeling bad, and I, I understand that there are some circumstances that are surrounding you, but I would challenge you when those thoughts of, of, of I'm not good enough, when those thoughts of I'll never be anything, and those I challenge you to combat that with the word of God and speak what God has to say about you because what that does is that cancels out anything that the enemy is saying and you begin to plant what the word of God is saying. When doubt and unbelief rises, only speak the word. Identify the areas of unbelief in your life. Get seeds to plant that speak to your faith. And when doubt and unbelief rises, only speak the word. Practicality, Pastor, what does that mean? Um, this is something that I've had to walk through myself. I will never be on a stage and I'll never preach something that I haven't had to walk through myself. And as I was praying and I was saying, Lord, you know, where, where is this applied to me? Where have I had to walk this out? And he's like, I'm glad that you asked. I can tell you right now. I was like, hold on. First of all, take a second to think about it. Then tell me, okay? But he reminded me of my son, Cadence. Um, Cadence, uh, for those of you, uh, I've told this story many a times. The short version is uh, my son, Cadence, was born uh, preemie. He was born on December the 22nd. He was supposed to be born March the 2nd. Um, he was 10 weeks premature when he was born. He was one pound, 11 ounces. Okay, um, we were on our way to an appointment. Uh, we were going to go to the movies and go to eat. Um, my wife decided that we should go to the appointment and not skip the appointment because I wanted to skip it. Um, and, and they said that her blood pressure was high. A couple days later, um, they told us that Cadence needed to come out because he had stopped growing and there were some concerns about his heart rate. Um, and so this was a very trying time for us. But even in the midst of that, my wife was very strong. We continued to believe God. We continued to pray. The Lord gave my wife a word. She began to, to speak on that word. Um, we, had, uh, we had cadence. Uh, when he was born, um, I could fit my wedding ring uh, from his hand all the way up to his shoulder. So I began to think about that. And I began to think about the faith that we had. Uh, PJ Isaac, you guys can come up. Um, I began to think about the faith that, that, uh, that it took in those two days that we had to call upon. Mom and dad were there, and they're praying, and the rest of our family, aunts, everybody's there. We're all praying. We're all trying to figure out what's going on. We're all trying to really believe God. And, and, and you know, I say we, we came together. We say, you know what? We trust God. They say, you know what, if, if we don't come out, if Cadence doesn't come now, uh, your, your wife uh, potentially could die and your son could die. So we need to do this and do this now. I said, okay, all right, cool. And we believed God. And it was a successful delivery and, 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 and my wife was well and my son was well. And we believed God strongly in that moment. But afterwards is where unbelief crept in. Because what they told me is they said, hey, your wife is fine, your son is fine, uh, he's going to be small, he's going to have to be in the NICU for, for an extended amount of time. And he was in the NICU for 52 days. And when he came home, we had our first appointment the next day and they said, hey, um, because he was born premature, there's going to be some complications, there is a high risk that your son will have cerebral palsy, that he will have autism, and that there's going to be some learning disabilities that we're going to walk out with. Um, but they won't show up until the first year. 
And so I spent the first year of my son's life battling unbelief. He would be fine, and, and as a, I just, I'm, I'm a first-time dad, and I'm looking at him, and, and, and I would see certain things, and I would start to freak out. And I would be like, oh, man, I, I, I just don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. How are we going to deal with this? And, and, and then I would have to go back and be like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going back to your word, but, but I'm seeing this, and I don't know what's going on, but I'm seeing this, and I would be battling unbelief. And in those moments where I had to battle unbelief, I had to go back to the word. I had to go back to the promise that God had given me, go back to the promise that God had given my wife. There will be no harm that shall come to this child. He is well. It is well. That, that was the promise that God gave my wife. And I had to keep going back to that. And then I saw him walking. And as he got up, he began walking on his toes. And anybody who's been through what I've been through, they will tell you whenever kids start walking and they start walking on their toes, there's a chance that they have cerebral palsy. And so I'm seeing him walk on his toes, and again, I'm battling unbelief. But God, I'm seeing this. You said this, but I'm seeing this. You said this, but I'm seeing this, and I'm battling unbelief. But I had to go back to the Word. I had to go back to the promise. God, this is what you said. This is what you said. This is what you said, God. I just want to remind you of what you said, God. And as I begin to remind him of what he said, I begin to remind myself of what he said. And as I begin to go in the word and as I begin to speak life over my situation, it began to encourage me. It began to stir me up. It began to allow me to only speak the word, not what I saw. And we kept going, we kept moving, we kept going to our appointments, and we kept praying, we kept believing God, we kept battling and battling and battling. And I said, you know what, I'm just resolving myself to only believe the word. And at one year, we went to disappointment. And he had an appointment with a, uh, a neurologist in Sacramento. We went to the appointment, and I'll never forget, he begins to walk in, and they call us, and they're running late. As always, and, and I sat there, and they opened the door, and Cadence runs to the doctor. He runs to him, and, and the doctor picks him up and, and looks at him. He's talking to him. He's playing with him. He puts him down. He says, this kid is fine. <laughs> and I'm like, no. No, 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 because he'd he be walking on his toes sometime, and, and, you know, they said that because he was walking on his toes, he said, mm, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with this kid. I'm going to tell him that everything is good. You don't need this. You can get the services if you want them, but he doesn't need them. He is fine. He's able to look at me. He's able to maintain eye contact. You probably, probably want to put some shoes on him, okay? <laughs> put some shoes on him. He'll be able to walk just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's this thought of battling unbelief and trusting the word and the promise of God. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you're at. It's not just for people who are pastors. It's not just people, you know, who are deep in faith. God has something that he wants to do miraculous in every last one of our lives. We have to believe him. I encourage you. 
only believe the word. Identify that area. Get rid of that unbelief. Uproot that thing. Tear that thing out and get back to the promise. Next week, we're going to have a time of prayer and we're going to have a time of worship. And I'm going to challenge you to think about this week, what is it? What area is it that I need to believe God for? And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to really think about that thing. Next week, I'm going to have a sheet of paper. It'll be under every one of your seats, so you'll be given it at the door. And it simply says this. I have limitless faith for. And I want to encourage you when you come next week to write down what it is that you're believing God for. What does that do? I want you to put it in front of your face. I want you to see it. And as you see it, we're going to spend our service praying over it, praying for one another, praying for our city, and then worshiping God for the limitless faith that he's given us. So I'm going to challenge you. Think about that thing this week. And as soon as you walk out here, there will be a challenge to attack your faith. Go get the podcast, get the YouTube, get your notes, whatever you got to do. Go back over it. Only believe the word. Because God has something miraculous that he wants to do in this city, in your family, in your life. We're not going to be the city that Jesus passes over. They'll be able to say that he was able to do many mighty works in Woodland, California. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for this opportunity, God, to hear from you. And we take this moment to increase our faith. God, we want faith to have access to every area of our life completely and fully. This week, God, we ask that you would just reveal to us those areas that we need to uproot unbelief. Make it plain and clear to us. Stir our faith up that we might believe again. That we might have full reliance and trust and confidence in you, in your word, and in your power. Thank you, God, that we are people of limitless faith. We praise you, we honor you, in Jesus' name.